88.1 WKNC. You are now listening to the local beat. We're on into the final hour of today's program. And joining me in studio, I have members of Graveyard Fields, Brian Risk, Pete, and Andrea Connolly. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're here mainly to talk about your brand new EP. It's called Saturn's Moons. Uh, But we also want to talk a little bit about the band and get our audience familiar with Graveyard Fields. I guess Saturn's Moons, this is your debut EP. Yeah, that's our that's our first release. And when was this actually released? A couple months ago, April. Let's say April. And we don't have a copy yet? Nah. No, Brian? Someone's not on the ball. <laughs> His name is <laughs> Brian Ray. Really no, we don't. Sorry, I got to give you flack for that. I, I could have brought one. I <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And yeah, so you'll be getting that soon. All right. <laughs> uh, now it's called Saturn's Moons. What's up with the astronomy connection? The second song on the EP is called Saturn's Moons. My close friend Billy Sugarfix he came up with that chorus and uh, about Saturn's moons and Epimetheus and Phoebe are two of the moons and uh, and so the song was then sort of built around that that chorus and I thought was a thought it was a good you know was this the first song that was written. No, uh, the first song was High Resolution that we, uh, that Graveyard Fields. Which is also pretty geeky. Yeah, we want to sell to Sony. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, are there any songs that aren't geeky? Um, hmm. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, there's, um, what is it? There's that creepy one. I know where you go is more creepy than geeky. (laughs) (laughs) So do you consider yourself a geek? Oh, you definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it took at least thirty years to own it, but I finally did, and so I've the last five years of my life been pretty happy once I finally owned up to that geek factor. Well, let me ask you this because I've always sort of wondered about this. Do you consider that track to be the best track on the EP? Is that why you named the EP after it, or, or what? How do you go about naming albums based off of tracks? Like which track do you? Well, choose? you know that's a good question. There's the you name an album something just entirely different, you know, like just it's it's an album name. You choose a lyric from the song or you choose a title from the song. You know, those are, I think, the three main options. And uh, in this case, I think it was kind of getting down to the wire. Like we had this, we were going to start printing them really soon. And um, so I thought the easiest option would be just to choose something from the, the album. It did turn out to be one of the coolest we recorded. Brian used... Um Meredith, his wife's grandfather, a recording of his voice talking in it. It turned out really cool. And also, um, Carol and Jonathan's new baby ended up being named Phoebe. So that um, the baby's name ended up being in that song. So it did have some cool layers that I'm glad that that's, you know, highlighted on the EP. Now, is the baby named after the song or did they name that first? I haven't. I haven't had the guts to ask, to be honest. You know, I never, I never said, so is this kid named after the song I wrote? (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. I think it's a mix. I think maybe they reheard the name when we were recording the song or writing the song. And also they had already liked it, but we'll have to ask Carol officially. Now we do have to mention for people that are unaware, uh, Jonathan Durlam and Carol Bales are the other two members in the band, along with Josh Starmer, and they are due with a baby coming up. Uh, and we're, we're pre-recording Yeah, we're pre-recording this a week in advance, so the baby could have been born by now. But we do want to mention that Carol is very close to yeah. giving birth to uh, Phoebe. 
She was due um, two days ago. Two days ago. So yeah. any minute, Phoebe will be here. And we got to figure out what she's going to play in the band. <laughs> uh, well, Phoebe, I think rattle. Rattle first, like kind of like a shaker, and then yeah. we'll move up from there. Well, that brings up the next question. How do you have a functioning band with, well, first of all, um, obviously Carol's been pregnant throughout the creation and duration of this band, and now that she's about to give birth or has given birth by this point, how do you continue the momentum that the band has already set? Well, we're this is a not a typical band in the way that um, what we would consider successful for Graveyard Fields, I think, because Andrea, Pete, and Josh are also in the the amazing oh, yes. <laughs> birds and arrows, and and they play all the time. You know, they're they're out there, and so and then you got Jonathan and Carol's baby coming up. So like the band members are pretty spoken for in terms of their outside their of, commitments. Yeah, their commitments, their extracurricular activities, and so. Um, I see us as trying to do really non-standard ways of promoting us. Like, for example, not mailing to um, CDs to um, <laughs> to radio stations. Everyone else, everyone else mails them to radio stations. I'm like, let's try a different thing and not and not. Yeah, <laughs> not do that. Well, so we're kind of like the Steely Dan of yeah. of local bands, really. At, the, at, the, at this point, definitely. Uh, I think too, you know. Um, Birds and Arrows are kind of doing the um, traditional route where we play all the time and try and get our name out there as much as possible. So in a way, that's promoting Graveyard Fields already. So um, we've always said with this band, if there's any way to sell a song or get something done where, you know, just just sell out before we even have to do anything would be the preference. (laughs) But really, we, we just like writing and we like hanging out and we like playing together. And so we're not too concerned about you know, the grand success and what's going to happen. It's more about, you know, Brian expressing himself and us um, enjoying hanging out and playing. So how often does Graveyard Fields play? Uh, like eight times a year is kind of what it worked out to. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we'll go for once a month or something like that. That's a, that's a, that's a good goal. But, um, but about this being like a fun band to be in, I mean, that's for me, like aside from the, the music creation, there, there's those love at first sight moments. I had that with every member of this band. Like I, I met. You fell in love with Pete. Yeah, I met, I met uh, Andrea <laughs> through work. Oh, go for it, Pete. Watch out, but then, but then when I saw Pete, when she's like, this is my husband, Pete, or like my soon-to-be husband, I was like, oh, my God. I could just tell how solid of a guy he was. Before that, he was totally going to hit on me. I was <laughs> planning. I, but, you know, then I was like, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh-huh. But yeah, Anyways. Jonathan, Carol, I know. Josh, I've had a crush on pretty much since high school. He's a good looking fellow. He's, I have to say. And the way he unbuttons that top button, man, I just, I mean, <laughs> it gets me yeah. crazy. You gotta, Josh can handle a cello like Noel. Okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just eyes you have to see to believe. Like you can, you can get lost in them. It really. is getting so awkward in here right yeah. now. <laughs> I like how the dudes, I haven't said a word. Just the, just the dudes are raving about Josh. But he is really cool. But I love that Josh and Brian went to high school together. I've known each other for years and years and years. And Josh, the way we, we ended up playing with Josh and Birds and Arrows, who is um, uh, my favorite member in Birds and Arrows besides my husband. Um, <laughs> 
he uh, we met through Graveyard Fields. So we've really made some lifetime friendships for sure. Jonathan and Carol are, are two of our best friends, and um, I think that'll be that way forever. And same with Brian. Oh, I'm kind of actually the the outsider of the group. I think, don't you? I, I you know, I sort of created the band, it, but uh, <laughs> but then everyone else like hangs out and forms their other bands, and then I I go uh, play ping pong, you know, against a wall. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, was that an analogy for something? Or? <laughs> yeah, I really don't play ping pong at all. Well, we're going to go ahead and listen to a track here by Graveyard Fields. Uh, it's called Life Gets Messy. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about how the band was formed, a little bit more about how the band was formed, and some other things with Graveyard Fields. WKNC. This is The Local Beat. I'm here chatting with Graveyard Fields. We've been talking about sort of the creation of the band, the different members of the band, but we didn't ever talk about how the band was actually formed. So I know it has something to do with Cat's Cradle. Uh, Yeah, it's a a really interesting and tedious story. Um, (laughs) I I met Jonathan and Carol because uh, we were, were, where I worked with Jonathan, we were sort of, we got a memo. The whole software department got a memo that we needed to start a band, an, a company band. And um, it was pretty horrible, actually. That is a strange memo to get. You know, we had a strange boss, and I'm sure he would love to hear uh, himself called strange. But he was, uh, uh, yeah, he was really into the idea of us competing in battles, corporate battles of the band. And, you know, we're going to take SAS down. And Because SAS. Uh, SAS has got a killer office band. I don't know if you've. Oh, well, moving on. <laughs> so I, I met Jonathan through that and, uh, and shortly thereafter his wife. And, and we started playing songs on our own, you know, aside from this office band. And um, what was that song, Brian? That, um, you know, you, it was like a, a... An acoustic, you sent it to Jonathan. Oh, yeah, there was a... Um, I, I, I came up with a, an anthem for the, the corporation. The, the corporation is uh, called Row. And they're very nice, family-run clinical operations, clinical research organization. And they have this, you know, like all companies, they have this slogan that is, they're serious, but it's totally cheesy at the same time. And, and, uh, and so basically, like, I just went through and I read their webpage in this really serious manner about, like... Um, exacting standards <laughs> over over yeah. acoustic guitar over like this acoustic guitar meticulous manual review <laughs> uh, and and what was kind of funny was there are all these um weird double entendres that the uh the authors of the webpage i'm sure didn't even get like um i, I don't even remember them i probably shouldn't even say them on the air because they'll sound dirty <laughs> coming out of my mouth no go ahead that's fine <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But anyhow, so I sent that, and that that of course it was it was a it was funny to people who didn't know the company, but it was totally serious and awesome to people who were in the company. But anyhow, moving on from that, I was also working at the Cat's Cradle, the music club in Carborough, North Carolina, owned and operated by Frank Heath, <laughs> and uh, and Andrea was hired on as to whip us into shape. What what would you say your role was? Um, I'm not really sure. I was hired to, yeah, as like a manager to come in and try and, um, you know, just get the staff to work harder and communicate, have meetings. Um, put get, the hammer down. Yeah, put the hammer down, which to, which was really hard for me because I um, hate confrontation in the first place. 
And then I, um, you know, and brought in just to be confrontational. But I did it in a nice manner, I think. You did it in a great manner. Oh, yeah. thanks, Brian. So before before you, Andrea, how was the, I mean, was the Cats Cradle just a bunch of slacks? You have to ask Brian about that. <laughs> no, it, it, definitely, it definitely got by just, just as, I don't know, Andrea came in and some walls were painted and... <laughs> That's about what I did. I, <laughs> I, I realized that the cat's cradle ran the way it ran, whether I was there or not. So then I just started fixing things all the time, like pulling toilets out of the bathroom and having to get liquor bottles out of them and stuff. And, and then you, you also know. got health insurance for Oh, I did get health insurance you? for the employees, which um, they liked and, um, you know, stuff like that. But um, for the full-time employees, I don't think Brian was a part of that because he had row. But yeah, so Frank um, brought me and I was there, I guess, for almost two years. It was really cool. And I met some great people and um really learned a lot about the how you know it's run and being a part of a music club and then brian had this this like schemey thing he was trying to get um pete and i to join this band with carol and him but we hadn't met carol and jonathan yet and so he um he says, hey, you know, um, I noticed Birds and Arrows doesn't have a web page. And I said, yeah, you know. And he's like, I could totally help you do a web page. How about um, I'll help you do a web page. We can come over. You can come over. We can talk about it. And then you can record a song. You can sing on a song. And I was like, that's fine. You know, so I came over and he played me high resolution. And I sung re- high resolution. And then it went from there. Yeah. I'd have I'd ski my way into Pete and Andrea's heart, basically. <laughs> he didn't have to, but he did. Yeah. I didn't have to? No. That was a lot of effort. I, I know the webpage looks great. Thanks, Ryan. Sure. <laughs> Birdsandarrows.com. <laughs> and I guess, did Josh just sort of come with Birds and Arrows? Like, no. We had that was different? Whitney, who played cello at the Cat's Cradle, she worked at the Cat's Cradle. Uh, she joined us for a bit, but then school commitments took her elsewhere. And then at a Birds and Arrows show, I was happened to be sitting next to Josh he was just a member of the audience. And I was like, hey, Josh, I'm in a band with those two up there. How'd you like to be a part of that band? And I'd known, I mean, I'd known him for a while and I'd seen him play. So I knew he had the chops. I didn't really know how really good he was, though. Like, and again, the dreamy, dreamy eyes <laughs> just, I'd forgotten their power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. So. so he asked him if he'd want to do it. And then, and then he this came. This is getting really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think he want to do it. And then he came in um, to the practice, and we all fell in love with Josh. He was just super sweet, super talented, and um, we had a great time together. And then um, we asked him to play on a few tracks on our Star Maker record, Birds and Arrows. And then we just couldn't get enough of what he could add to what we do. And So Josh was just pulled everywhere like taffy. Yeah, it's mm. true. Everybody wanted a piece of Josh. There seems to be a theme going on here. <laughs> He's going to love this. Yeah. Let's go ahead and play some more tracks here. I believe Jubilee will be the next one we play off the Graveyard Fields EP. It's called Saturn's Moons. That song right there, it's High Resolution. It's by Graveyard Fields off of their Saturn's Moons EP. Before that was For Pete's Sake by Birds and Arrows off their Star Maker album. And Jubilee, once more, by the Graveyard Fields. Joining me in studio is the Graveyard Fields, or I guess a couple of them. I have Brian Risk and Pete and Andrea Connolly. 
We also want to mention that Josh Starmer, Carol Bales, and Jonathan Durlam are also in the graveyard fields. We're pre-recording this interview, and Carol is due any moment now uh, oh, to give yeah. birth. I'm mm-hmm. so excited about that. Like, I too. it's um, many of my friends have had babies recently, but with Jonathan, it's the first one where I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy is going from just being a normal schlub to being a dad. Like, he's going to be a dad." And like. I got a little bit of the jealousy, I'd say. Like he's Brian's always really wanted babies. Is your biological clock ticking? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I only have like another good maybe thirty years of of reproductive viability, so <laughs> I, I got to get moving on that. Yeah, I'm super excited too. They're probably one of my close. They are my closest friends. To you know, go through the whole pregnancy and be a part of it with them and. Um, so I'm really excited for them to see how they decorate their their baby room, which is pretty awesome because it's like Pete said. What, what did you say about how it's the first baby room you've seen? Well, I think as Josh said, it, we've got to bring it all back to Josh again. How it's the first baby room that actually incorporated irony. Yeah, which is awesome. There's really strange pictures and um, just great stuff happening there. So the baby's already going to have a sense of humor at age zero. And but. We don't know yet, but maybe by the time this interview is aired, baby Phoebe could already have been born. But in any case, congratulations to Carol Yeah, and congratulations, yeah. guys. Woo! She's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit here, Brian. Uh, this is your first official band. Yes, aside and from that um, that company the office, band, right. the office band that, um, that was put together. So yeah, first What was it like band. recording this EP? It was pretty fun, actually. We we took a we took a day and did the basic tracks out of the Rubber Room. Jerry Brown. Yeah, Jerry and Brown. It live, he um Pete and I live next door to a studio called the Rubber Room, which is where we do a lot of our basic tracks for Star Maker and for Graveyard Fields. And it's great because it's a beautiful studio. And um, our friend Jerry and landlord, you know, run operates it. And also Andrew Marlin um, helps us recording of Mandolin Orange. Of Mandolin yeah. Orange. Yeah, he um. He kind of, Jerry was the first one Andrew met when he came to town, and Jerry kind of took him under his wing, got him to help him at the studio, and we've formed a really close relationship with him and Emily, and, and they, um, he came in and recorded our drums and all sorts of stuff for, for this EP, and for Birds and Arrows. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of pit bits were um, picked up in our various living rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, the basic tracks, the drums, bass, and I think some, a oh, lot of vocals and some cello. Uh, we're done, but then there was just tons of overdubs. We that we, we did. realized we did recording in every single member's house, yeah, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, except Josh's house. Yeah. Oh, poor Josh. Right. He finally gets left out of the yeah. picture. Yeah, <laughs> finally. For a change. Yeah. <laughs> well, take him down a peg. Pete and Andrea, as far as as far as you go, I mean, your main focus, I would say, is birds and arrows. So, w- can you compare graveyard fields and birds and arrows, other than the fact that you know? you're more, I guess, committed to Birds and Arrows? Sure, yeah. What I like about it, and Pete can, um, we've both talked about this, so I know we agree on the fact that um, with Birds and Arrows, it's kind of our creative baby. You know, we we have to do everything with it. We book it, we promote it, we write it, we uh, produce it, we record it, and it's just, um, it's a lot of work. And so when Brian approached me about being a part of Graveyard Fields, my first response was, I'd love to do it if all I have to do is show up and sing. You know, I'd love to because I really wanted to just focus on vocals and kind of 
you know, break down what what I really enjoy. That my voice was my first instrument. I probably picked up the guitar when I was like 13 or 14, but I've been singing since I was like teeny tiny. So it's nice to just focus on that. And same with Pete. His first instrument was drums when he was really little. And, and he's back to just just full on drums. And we don't have to worry about the writing. We don't, you know, Brian, it's Brian's project. And so it's fun just to come in and just focus on one aspect as opposed to having to spread yourself so thin with the project that you focus on everything. And I like that. But it's, it's, I mean, from what I hear about other bands, I feel like I really sort of lucked in in terms of like first band experiences, you know, like uh, everyone has great personalities. They're all I'm open to suggestions if people don't like parts of songs or uh, everyone's open to suggestions if they're if, you know, or like maybe this part could be done differently. I don't know. There have been there have been only just a few meltdowns like I wasn't playing keyboards right and I got really mad at myself once and I stormed yeah, but nobody's ever gotten mad at each other we've gotten mad at no, ourselves yeah. for screwing up but we've never really had a full-on blowout maybe we will one day we'll have to <laughs> stage one to we'll have yeah. to stage one just so oh, just so we can yeah. have the full band experience <laughs> the full band experience <laughs> there, there might have been some passive aggressive moments but that's about it yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of but that's a part of any friendship would it come <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to it's a cornerstone. It's a cornerstone. When it comes to being in a band, I mean, you have six people here, okay? And Carol and Jonathan are about to have baby Phoebe, or maybe they've already had Phoebe by this point. Pete, Andrea, Josh, you're in Birds and Arrows. Brian, how do you feel about people not focusing all their energy on graveyard fields? I I feel fine about it to be honest. Like it's um, there's there are there are a lot of measurements for like having a good time and being successful. And I think, um, one, we definitely have a good time and we play out, I think as much as we possibly can, given the, the birds and arrows schedule. And, um, (laughs) and as far as I just really enjoy the creation of the music and the, you know, I don't think we need to get on MTV or whatever MTV calls itself these days. (laughs) You don't want to be on the real world. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or, or some weird I, show. I about do want to be on Jersey, Teen Shore. Mom. Jersey Shore. You could be on Teen Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, Brian would like that. As, you know, he wants babies. Ah. He wants to be around babies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, too, the, the other thing about this um, project is we're so proud of how the CP turned out and how we worked together with it and how these songs went from just us hanging out and messing around to an actual EP that that right now our focus is just getting people to hear it. That's why Brian forgot to send you the CD. <laughs> forgot. <laughs> See that passive aggressive corner? Right. <laughs> oh, <Brian>. All right. <laughs> yeah, Full some circle. people aren't that interested, interested in, uh, in you um... know making this a success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, Andrea, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming in on the local beat. And chat with me about the Graveyard Fields. It's does, been a pleasure. Does the Graveyard Fields Thanks. have a website or anything that uh, someone could find them on? Definitely. Graveyardfields.com. And uh, there, there are two nice features about that. If you, if you sign up for the mailing list, when you put in your zip code, uh, you'll only get an email when we play near you. So if, you, if you're from D.C. and listening to this, you won't be getting emails every day about our Open Eye Cafe or, you know, the bear rock gig that we get out of university <laughs> mall but uh you know you will you will hear about it if we come to the black cat you know so yeah. yeah that's what we do locally we just play um weird little cafes but when we go away we play like really big venues. really big venues mm-hmm. yeah really big you know yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You, you local people wouldn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, we're huge everywhere. Everywhere else, but here. here. That's because you don't send out the EP. <laughs> we're huge in Timonium, Maryland, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's a big one. It's, it is odd, but yes. <laughs> Aside from online, where could someone purchase the Saturn's Moons EP? Well, you, you can uh, definitely get it at graveyardfields.com. There's a link to the iTunes page. You know, just get it off of iTunes. And uh, they're sold at Birds and Arrow shows, and you could contact any of us. You know, there's a contact page on the website, and we'll be glad to mail you one. Physical copy is pretty cool. We did do them by hand, um, like a lot of the, the stuff we like to do. And, and um, Brian made a stencil for the cover with a laser cutter, because he has one. Yeah. And um, <laughs> doesn't everybody. And then we... Um, it looks really cool. So if you want a physical copy, just email us. It might be a little more than five with shipping and handling, like six bucks or something, but but it's um, a good way to get it. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.